Well, 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 well. Look who's back again. We have returned from our break today. We got a whole lot of news. We got X-Men. We got Fantastic Four. We got the Marvels. We got Spider-Man. We got Guardians of the Galaxy. We got the Flash. We got Star Wars. And we have Marvel's very own version of Shark Boy and Lava Girl to talk about. (laughs) So buckle up because it is the Infinity Watch Podcast. Oh my goodness, it's 2023. That's disgusting. Where yeah, have we been? I, I don't even want you to say that again. Yeah, sheesh. <laughs> Welcome back to the Infinity Watch podcast. We are in a new season, season four, episode one. Feels good. Yeah. Um, Can't believe it's taken us all the way until almost March for our first, our first podcast of the year, but I have a feeling... This is going to be like the uh, the anti-2021, where there's just not that much going on. Because I feel like that year, there was so much. And yes. I think they realized that that might not be the best <laughs> approach anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, we've seen the quality of definitely the shows and, unfortunately, The some... podcast. Uh, oh, wait, no. Never mind. Um <laughs> No, the quality of the podcast has always been and will always be top tier. That's right. That's right. And if you didn't remember, my name is Tommy. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Eric. What up? Um, And we're back to talk about anything that's happening in the MCU, Star Wars, whatever the hell else is going on. Um, Before we jump into news, I will go over kind of what we do know in terms of MCU titles that are coming out this year. Obviously, we're on this podcast to talk about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Some refer to it as the Citizen Kane of the multi- uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, but, uh, shit. Depends on your perspective, I suppose. Um, there are only two other movies that we are expecting to get this year. The first being Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. That'll come out in May. And the Marvels, which actually moved to November. Yeah. And so uh, we originally had Blade scheduled for this year, but obviously there was a lot of issues that we talked about with that film in previous podcasts. So now we just have three. And uh, as you'll hear in the news uh, later, there's only possibly two shows that might be released this year, which is Secret Invasion and Season 2 of Loki. So it might be a little bit more calm of a year this year. We'll see. Indeed. All right. Let's jump into the news because there's a lot of shit that's happened since we last spoke with you. Um, so this this article that says X-Men Marvel Studios knows how and when mutants will be introduced, confirmed by Kevin Feige. Uh, well, I'd hope so. Um, yeah. But what he said is uh, he was talking with Entertainment Weekly and they were asking about the word mutant. And he said, you know, I think we've only ever said that word once. Kamala talks about genetic mutation. Namor refers to himself as a mutant amongst his own people. A mutant is a real genetic term, though, not just a comic book term. 
he said, the question is, how do we do it? What do we do it? And that's something we've been working on for years. And now we know, but we're not going to talk about it. So um, it seems like they may wait until like Secret Wars or maybe after Secret Wars. I don't know. What do you think, Eric? I think maybe they wait until Deadpool. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. We still got Deadpool 3 coming up. Yeah, I don't know if they would. It seems like there's going to be a lot going on in Secret Wars. And maybe, I, I mean, Marvel can usually be pretty good at stuffing a lot of topics into one thing and being successful. Not always, as we'll talk about later. Um, But so it's possible, but I think it, it would just make sense to just make Deadpool the MCU's version of the Flash, have him fuck up the whole universe, and and then voila, there's mutants now. That's that's yeah. what I think would be the easiest. Yeah, I was wondering if like we'd see a lot of the Fox people in Deadpool three, and then after like Secret Wars, it would kind of maybe reset it somehow. I don't know. We'll see. They got a lot going on. Yeah, they do. And doesn't seem like we're too good at juggling anymore. So, yeah. um. We will see, but at least they have a plan. I know everyone's been kind of anxiously awaiting the X-Men showing up and the Fantastic Four. That's who I'm I'm looking forward to, which brings me to my next update, which is about Blade, Daredevil, Fantastic Four. Um, so this is in the same interview, Kevin Feige with Entertainment Weekly. He said, we sort of talked about mutants and that whole aspect to the Marvel world, but Fantastic Four is the foundation for everything that came after it in the comics. There's certainly been versions of it on the screen, but never inhabiting the storytelling of the MCU. So they're working on that. And the rumor is right now that when we see the Fantastic Four, they will have kids and they will be a family, uh, which good. leads us to believe that, you know, they're not just starting out, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, agreed. Um, and so he said people will start hearing more about that soon. We plan on that being a big pillar of the MCU going forward, just the way they've been in the comics for 50 or 60 years. Um, when do they have a date for the Fantastic Four movie or uh, like a Fantastic date? Four is supposed to come out in 2024. I believe it's November 8th, 2024. So that's before Kang Dynasty. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All, all the Kang movies are 2025 right now. All right. Good. I think I, I hope we get some interesting Franklin Richards shit. Yeah, there's there's a lot that the Fantastic Four brings to the table in terms of that. And so I hope that that's all incorporated. Um, it really seems like, and I don't want to get too much into Quantumanium talk, that the incursions and the Secret War story of Jonathan Hickman's comics are going to be the focus there and not like the first one. I that'd be, That would be great. Yeah, I hope they don't fuck it up. We'll see. Yeah. Great stories. Um. Feige was also asked about Blade. He said, uh, it's going well. Our director, Jan Demange, is down in Atlanta right now. Cameras roll in about 10 weeks or so. That's such bullshit. This, I still don't believe that they're making this movie. He, until the credits roll. Yeah. You know, um, we'll see. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much the updates. The, the comment on Daredevil wasn't really anything of substance, so. They're still working on it, but it seems like everything, everything at Marvel since Bob Iger's come back has been let's slow it down, let's take our time, as opposed to the previous Disney CEO who is just get it all out as quickly as possible. Yeah, I do think that 
slowing it down is the better strategy for sure. So I think they're moving in the right direction. Hopefully they're learning from their, and it, I was going to say, hopefully they're learning from their mistakes and it wasn't, it's not even like huge mistakes, even the worst stuff they've put out in the last couple of years with the exception of the movie we're going to be talking about today. None of it has been like trash, but, uh, but I think that maybe Quantumania is the culmination of this. And I'm glad, hopefully, hopefully they're learning this lesson and uh, yeah. changing course appropriately. Yes. Um, oh, man, I'm so excited to talk about this. Dude. Um, okay, let's, let's, let's keep going. I have so many thoughts. Ant-Man of the Wasp, Quantumania. I have a bunch of little bits in here that I'll pepper through so that we don't get too much into it. It is the first Ant-Man movie that Paul Rudd doesn't have a writing credit for. Wow. I'm just going to keep it at that and uh, let uh, the the listeners take from that what they will. Maybe. <laughs> maybe it's the secret ingredient. Yeah, um, maybe they should have let him. Yep. So apparently Paul Rudd was working on some other stuff before, and he said, I was working prior to it. I think they had an idea of what they wanted to do. There's a guy named Jeff Loveness who's going to be writing the Kang movie who's the writer on this film. And so they worked on the script. I talked to them a little bit, the idea what the film was, but it was great. So Eric, just remember the person that wrote this movie is writing Kang dynasty. Uh, I mean, well, the person that wrote Thor, the dark world also wrote Avengers infinity war. So, okay. No, that's a, that's actually a really good comparison. I, I think because yeah, like I, do, I don't want to get too too much into it, but yeah. I don't want to forget yeah. these these points. But I think, first of all, in retrospect, Thor: The Dark World is not as bad as everybody remembers. We've talked about no, that before in yeah. this podcast. I think we gave it like a four out of six. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it was definitely um, we were being whiny little bitches. Yeah, we up were to that movie, and then we watched it. And we're like, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um. But I think the problems with Thor the Dark World and the problems with Quantumania even, for me, were not the overall story, really. Um, mm. I think if you would have put that story in the pages of a comic book, would have been much, 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 much better. Interesting. Um, but but we'll, we'll talk about I it. I can't wait to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, all right. As I said earlier, uh, we got a poster, first poster for the Marvels, which was first going to come out in July of this year. It's now moved to November 10th, um, but we got our first poster for it, which is exciting. It makes sense to move it out because they were going to have like three movies the first half of the year and then nothing. Yeah. Um, so it kind of takes Blade's place. So all it is is really just like a picture of very nice color, bright sky. You see Kamala. Um I almost said Kamala Harris. Whoops. Uh, you see Miss Marvel, you see Captain Marvel, and you see Monica Rambeau. So Kamala, right? I always fuck that up because Kamala Harris. Yeah, Kamala Kamala Khan. Yeah. Um, and I l actually love the tagline. It says "Higher, further, faster, together." Yeah, I I don't I uh, think that's a pretty good poster. It's not like the best I've ever seen, but it's definitely not the worst. Some of these posters that have been coming out lately have been dog shit the and teaser poster not. for the mcu is always the best one 
I feel like. Okay, that's interesting. I have not noticed, if, but if I believe If you go look at like the teaser posters versus... Because the, the theatrical release always ends up being like the floating heads. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because you're right. marketing departments like have said, that's what we need. Yep. Um, but if you go look at all the teaser posters of the MCU, they're always the best one. This one's not the best, but I don't hate it. Yeah, so agreed. I'm happy. Totally agreed. So November 10th, we got a little bit of a wait on that one now, but that's okay. We got we got plenty of time here. So, um, All right, Spider-Man 4, officially in development. Yeah. Tom Holland set to return. Yeah. Officially breaking the record for the longest tenured Spider-Man in cinematic history. Yeah. Crazy. And deservedly crazy. so. He is, uh, God, Tom Holland is just a gem of a human being. Love that guy so much. All of his movies were great. Yeah, they were. Someone was dogging on Homecoming the other day, and I was like, That's fucking Bro, crazy. That movie's you so You need to good. go watch that movie again, because you're an idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it just threw people off because it was different. Yeah. Than, uh, you know, everything else before. And it's like, why is that such a bad thing? Um, but uh, in Kevin Feige's interview with Entertainment Weekly, he said, All I will say is that we have the story, we have big ideas for it, and our writers are just putting pen to paper now. So, all good. Um, Man, I feel like an old person saying this, but remember when Spider-Man wasn't in the MCU? We just dreamed of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, man, I'm so glad they were able to work that out. And then it got canceled for a bit. Yep. <laughs> it's one of the very rare moments where capitalism worked for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and that's so for sure. I'm so glad because if Sony was still trying to make these things, we would have had two movies. They were complete shit. Yep. And like uh, Jessica Alba would have been in one. And uh, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Jennifer Lawrence would have played uh, MJ or something. Yeah, guaranteed. Guaranteed. Would have been awful. So sorry, ladies, to try uh, under the bus there. Great actresses in the right roles, but Sony just doesn't know how to do that. Yeah. Um, all right. Super Bowl happened. It did. Or as some people called it, there was a Rihanna concert interrupted by a bunch of dudes <laughs> tackling each other. Um, the Flash trailer. What did you think of the Flash trailer? Which kind of seemed to me like a Batman trailer that happened to have the Flash in it. Yeah. Um, it seemed it seemed cool. I'm skeptical because it's DC, but it seemed... Yeah. Their trailers always seem pretty decent to me. Yeah, but then Black Adam came out, and it's like, yeah, Ooh. yeah. You just, you just can never know. It still seemed like it had all of like the DC shit that I don't like about DC movies, where it's like it just seemed. I mean, all the colors just seemed so <laughs> so muted and like brown. And... See, but what I was gonna say, like, I thought it looked really cool. I feel like like Batman versus Superman looked really cool for the most part. Like just like the visuals of the film looked pretty cool. But then when you actually watch the movie, it's dog shit. Yeah. I was I've I've never been a fan of really how their color palette. I get why they have one and why they use it. And it's not like I think the reason I don't like it is is just because I associate it with exclusively bad movies. Maybe if the movies yeah. were good, maybe I'd yeah, be like, that's... okay, cool. Yeah, I get that. I, I thought it was, for me, like the coolest looking Batman I've ever seen. 
Yeah, uh, Batfleck's new suit is cool. People are talking about it's kind of like bluish, um, like the blue and gray Batman. Right, cool. yeah. Just got enough hint of that blue. Yeah. Um, obviously, Michael Keaton's back, um, which is exciting. And, uh, you know, despite the fact that Ezra Miller's a fucking psychopath of a human being, um, their version <laughs> of The Flash... Is cool. I've never had a problem with the the way that the Flash has been acted, really. Yeah. Um, and I like the care. I mean, the Flash is one of my favorite DC characters. So, like, I hope it's great. Bro, remember when when DC came out with like their event where they listed all the Marvel or all of their releases? Too barely. Uh, let's see, movie releases. Released. I need to find this now. I just remember when they had their their little event when they said, "Hey, this is going to be all the movies that come out," and it was in like 2012. Yeah. When did this movie? When was this movie supposed to come out? (laughs) Jesus, a century ago. Yeah, I don't even think I could find this. If I went from let's see, one one 2012 to one one. 2014 let's see dc i don't even think i can find it but man i just remember they released like 12 release dates and i don't think they hit any of them fucking brutal yeah super brutal but did you hear this rumor there's a rumor that at the end of the movie they're going to replace ezra miller with grant gustin as the dcu's new flash that's not true. There's no, there's absolutely no chance, zero, zero, zero percent chance that's going to happen. I wish it was true. I love Grant Gustin's Flash, but that's not going to happen. There's this YouTuber that his name is John Campia. And so via the website, The Direct, this is what he said. He said, could we, by the end of the Flash movie, literally see a new performer in the role? No, I've had a litter little bird tell me, and I'm sure this little bird is also telling a few other people. So you're probably going to see this pop up over the next day or two around some other places as well. That just a short version, Grant Gustin, who plays Flash in the television series, The Flash is going to be the new Flash of the DC Universe. Yeah, that's an obvious lie. If you believe that, good for you. I have a timeshare in Florida to sell you. Would love to uh, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, how come Grant Gustin's? I don't know if that's how you say his name. Man, his helmet always looks like he has a gigantic head. Yeah. A la the leader uh, in that show. I don't know what it is. It's just that TV budget. Yeah. I think you just can't do it. Huh? I think a few. I think a few of them have been really good. It's just they change the suit every season a little bit. Yeah, And I, I recently saw, I stopped watching that show consistently, maybe like the third season. Yeah, I think I got two seasons in and gave up. Yeah. You got me into that show. I mean, it was initially amazing. It was pretty it was good. It was so yeah. good. It was very comic book Yeah, super comic booky. y um, and, and definitely some of the suits are, are better than others. Yeah, it did start off with like that dark maroon like pajama suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they made leaps and bounds, but hey. Still been going for for quite some time, so I wonder how much that guy makes. Let's see, Grant Gustin net worth. Sorry, let's see. I mean, he's got to be bucks. doing okay. 
Yeah, not too bad. Six million bucks, something like that. I mean, like when you've been on a TV show for like nine seasons, that just helps. You yeah, know? of course. And let alone playing one of the most popular, one of the most recognizable superheroes around. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I guess this is the thing that like you could, the, the Paramount, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, the fact that we're just now getting a Flash movie is astounding to me. Yep. It just, uh, I don't know, shouldn't be that hard. Meanwhile, we're getting like uh, bottom of the barrel Marvel characters that people didn't even know about. Shit, I didn't even know about, you know, so. Yeah. All right. Still going on the Super Bowl. We got a new trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Showed us some baby Rocket Raccoon. We see the high evolutionary. We see a lot of Gamora. They're really not trying to hide Gamora from us. Yeah, we see which Peter is good. Quill like screaming as if someone's dying. What did you think? So I saw this initially on YouTube, and I was like, "It looks fine. Looks like a Guardians movie." Um, and and I, I thought the main joke, like the stinger joke at the end, landed really well for me. I thought that was funny. Um, was, it the, was it about uh, Gam- Nebula's eyes yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nebula's eyes. And I, I picked a beautiful shade. I, I love, I know, I love Nebula just immediately just losing her mind. Just like, cut it out! When, when yeah. Peter's looking at her, I just thought that was uh, well executed. But I, I thought it was okay on YouTube. But then I saw that same trailer in the theater and it hit me way better in the theater. I was like, oh, okay, this Damn. looks this looks pretty good. Um, so we'll be happening a lot lately, huh? Like the, I don't know. I don't know if it's just like the way YouTube kind of, uh, like compression. Yeah. Yeah. It just like, it always looks a little funky. Yeah. It's almost like it's too clean. It's like, we're, we're watching this shit on like 8k monitors now at like 120 frames per second. It's like, that's not how you watch movies. And, and like, it does change how it looks and feels. Um, yeah, because I remember I had the same comment. I was like, it looked kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. And I specifically, so you specifically were like, Nebula looks bad. And in the, and in the YouTube, you didn't say bad. You said weird, but, but you meant bad. <laughs> and, yeah, and, pretty much. You, you got me. You got me. <laughs> and, uh, and you're right on YouTube. It's like, yeah, it just looks kind of cheap. It's, it's, uh, it's the Jennifer Lawrence mystique effect. You know, she's probably sick of putting on yeah. all that makeup. She's making a big money now. Um, and and I agree. And then in the theater, I specifically was looking out for that. And I was like, no, it looks it looks pretty much fine in, in the theater. I did the same exact thing when I saw Quantum Mania. I was like, you know what? It it, it must have been the computer yeah. or something because it didn't bother me. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, it should. Uh, I don't know. James Gunn's last Marvel project for a while, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. We'll All right. Liam Neeson has some things to say about Star Wars. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 he does. Uh, he had an appearance on Watch What Happens Live uh, a week ago or so, and he explained why he's not angling for his own spinoff series, you know, other than the fact that he's dead. Um, he said, no, I'm not. When asked if he'd play Qui-Gon Jinn again in that capacity, quote, there's so many spinoffs for Star Wars, it's diluting it to me. And it's taken away the mystery and magic in a weird way, which is what everyone was saying when he appeared in the first Star Wars spinoff, The Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't 
and look, I'm sure if you go through this podcast, you'll find me giving similar thoughts. But when I'm thinking rationally and logically, I don't, I just don't think that's a good argument. More content about stories you like, even if 90% of it is bad, is still good because the 10% of it that's good, you can just ignore the bad stuff. Like, it's fine. Just make more, like, when people are like, oh, no, don't don't remake this or don't make a sequel to this. It's going to ruin the legacy. No, it's fucking not. If you like the original thing, watch the original thing. But if they yeah. make more, at least there's a chance that there's going to be more good stuff of the thing that you like. So the only thing that dilutes legacy is if the thing you like itself becomes bad. Right. Just like Game of Thrones. Yeah, yes. It's all ruined. <laughs> yeah, that's a now. good that's a good. But but, but even that It's not a, it's not a spin-off, you know? Even that though, it's still the the finale of Game of Thrones doesn't retroactively make the first 5 incredible seasons worse. You can still go back and watch those and enjoy an amazing fantasy series. And <sighs> No, you can. You can. You absolutely it's like, can. It's like you're taking a road trip to El Dorado and you realize you're like okay this is gonna be great and then like you get halfway there and then it's like it's actually shit town and it's like well what have i been doing this road trip for if it's not because it's about the journey not the destination oh god (laughs) god all right all right okay apparently ant-man and the wasp quantum medium star jonathan majors aka kang the conqueror almost walked out of his first Marvel Studios meeting. Oh. Um, so I guess he had his first meeting ever with Marvel Studios. Um, and he said he was in a, an interview with Vanity Fair. He said, listen, I hope this doesn't bite me in the ass, but I walked out of my Marvel general meeting. He said, I grew up in a very particular way and I don't want to waste nobody's time. So I got in there and they're just busy. Uh, and I was like, I'm supposed to be here, right? It got long and I went, I'm just going to go. It's cool. I'll just go. And I got to the door, but then they said casting director Sarah Finn was going to come in. And so we got into a room. We chatted. We were having this great conversation. I think it was three years later that we had the Kang chat. Um, And so there's no trepidation now, especially because of who Kang is. When I said yes, we got this whole picture of what was being laid out. It's cohesive. So sounds like, uh, yeah, they were kind of. They were busy and not really paying attention to him or whatever. So he was just going to walk out of the office. Imagine trying to big time Jonathan Majors. That is, yeah, seriously. that's fucking so crazy. And I'm, man, I'm so glad that uh, he didn't leave because, as we'll talk about, he is maybe one of two good aspects of the movie we're talking oh about gosh. today. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, respect for him for just saying, like, yeah. I'm just going to get up and leave because, yeah, that's bullshit. He is really so. becoming, I mean, I feel like he's kind of come out of nowhere. And oh yeah, he's he's I think set up to be like a big, 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 big time star. He's on I mean, his Chris Pratt journey yes, right now. Yes, yes. So I can't wait to hate him eventually. <laughs> For real. No, I hope I hope he. Uh, yeah. I think he maybe. He doesn't strike me as someone who's gonna fall into the. Uh, I'm gonna be so annoying on social media that I'm gonna make everyone hate me. Kind of a kind of a thing. And I'd be like, I was never annoying on social yeah, media. Yeah, what are you yeah, talking yeah. about? <laughs> Don't gaslight me, Chris Pratt. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
he always makes interesting choices. I'm not sure I always love all of them, mm-hmm. but I appreciate that he makes choices that I would never have thought of. Yeah, he's not so. an actor where, like, I mean, there's so many actors where it's like, like Chris Pratt, every movie he's in, he just plays Chris Pratt. But Jonathan Majors right. is like an actor, in my opinion. Like He, he reminds me of Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. Jeffrey Wright yeah. also always makes really interesting choice every character he's in he's always makes a choice and i'm just like okay yeah that's a sure. good comparison i like that um, and, and yeah, jeffrey you're right. Wright is he's, also great yeah he's he's an actual actor and not a celebrity actor yes, i guess agreed you can call him so um i had touched on this earlier but uh disney is limiting their 2023 releases uh supposedly only low-key season two and secret invasion may be safe in terms of shows for 2023 um, the information was released in response to remarks made by the new Disney CEO, Bob Iger, who stated that the business must become, quote, better at curating franchise content that is extraordinarily expensive. Um, at first, they were considering releasing Loki Season 2, Secret Invasion, What If Season 2, Ironheart, Echo, and Agatha Coven of Chaos in 2023. That's so much. Yes, it is. So, so much. And some of it, I don't know, I just feel like... Uh, under Bob Chapik, they were just like green lighting literally any character that showed up. For me, I still don't really need to see an Echo show. I don't know. And Agatha Covenant Chaos, I don't even really need to see. Maybe it would end up being great. I don't know. Um, but uh, an insider in the company said, quote, there is going to be a level of rigor on Marvel and across the entire company. Numbers matter now and costs are going to be outlined in <laughs> Numbers matter now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which seems weird because, before. yeah, I don't know. The other guy was a, a penny pusher, but um, I'm going to go off on a tangent for a second based on something I just said in a one-time special segment called We Eat Our Shit here <laughs> on the Infinity Watch podcast because I'm, I'm talking about shows that I don't want. And I had heard back on one of our old podcasts from last year, Eric and I both talking major shit about the Star Wars spinoff Andor. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, credit where credit's yeah, due. Yeah, we were wrong. It's uh, like the best thing since Empire <laughs> Strikes Back. I don't know if I go that far, but it's a, it's really good. Really, really good. Yeah. A show that no one wanted, but was just expertly made. So maybe uh, Echo would be great. Yeah. Maybe Agatha Coven of Chaos would be great. Yeah. It's just really hard to have a positive feeling about a Marvel TV show right now for me personally because i don't think any of them have been that great recently i mean i'm pretty positive on i'm pretty excited for loki season two i think that's gonna be yeah loki i think was the best show so far with like wide appeal and quality agreed and everything totally agreed uh wandavision will always be my favorite but i think loki was like the best one for everyone and and it was a solid and so fair um if they can keep that shit up then it'll be good so yep. we'll see. So at least uh, at least we'll be getting that this year. Looking forward to it. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I guess in uh, one of the earlier cuts, Hope Van Dyme had a son. Oh, uh, but it's not what you think. Um, apparently in the scene where they are in the probability storm. um. Scott and Hope find themselves in the midst of a previously, 
like more focused oh, on we, seeing uh, that spo- shit. Uh, spoilers for this movie for the entire podcast. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not really a spoiler because you have no clue what that is. So don't worry. Yeah. Uh, didn't ruin anything. But we might be about to ruin something. So if you haven't watched this, we're going to be. What the fuck are you doing, Yeah, because we're going to be talking about this for a long time. So, yep. but yep. spoilers. Spoilers. This is a podcast for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, so I guess there was a scene that focused on what their lives could have looked like if they never became superheroes. And so Hope becomes a mom and they have a son. And that was in the movie, and they just cut that out, which is probably for the best, you know? Yeah, know. sure. I don't know if anything could have possibly made this movie much worse, but. Oh, my gosh. Um, hold on a second here. Let's see, write something down. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. They have pictures of her with, like, the kid. They have pictures of oh, her wow. in, like, the green screen and everything. So it's, like, it's not like it was just on paper. Like, they filmed it. So it might be in the deleted scenes. So. Look out for that when you uh, in- anticipate the release of this on Disney+. Plus. Um, all right. Next up, got some more X-Men. Marvel Studios is rumored to have big plans for Sir Ian McKellen's Magneto in the multiverse saga. <laughs> what? Why, dude? <laughs> yep. So it's happening. And so... Uh, Patrick Stewart has teased Ian McKellen's return as Magneto. He said, we're not done. Sir Ian and myself, we've got plans. Dude, let them be done. They're 600 old years old. The- Ian McKellen, age 83. Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, Harrison Ford, just let them rest. <laughs> like, they, There's no way they want to be doing this. Just this just in, Infinity Watch podcast co-ho- co-host Eric Meyer wishes these elderly actors to die. That is... No, I wish them to lay them to rest. To he says, retire in happiness and comfort. We don't need yeah, I mean, this. Don't start a storyline is... with an eighty-three-year-old actor. Okay, so no, but here's the thing: these guys are only going to show up in two things. It, of two things, they're going to show up in Deadpool three, yep. or they're going to show up in Secret Wars, where every single person that's ever played a fucking Marvel yes, character is going to show true. up. So it's not like they're going to start throwing them into X-Men movies that are going to go on for a while. I think this is just fan service stuff for Deadpool 3 and Secret Wars, so I'm fine with it. Yeah, I just hope they don't... Meanwhile, you know, Harrison Ford's showing up in a brand new Marvel yeah, movie, so yeah. <laughs> that point stands. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I just hope they don't get any ideas of like, oh, wow, yeah, this, is, uh, this really had some emotional weight. Maybe we'll find a way to write them in and then... Uh, yeah, just how are I don't know how they're gonna make Secret Wars work. I think I I have I have faith in that one. I think they're they're not gonna fuck. Give me the out. Russo brothers and all that. Well, faith yeah, you. true. But then again, hey, let me just say that when the Russo Russo brothers were announced to be taking over, there was a bunch of people that were like, "Oh, no more Joss Whedon." Yeah, yeah, and uh, and everybody was wrong. They did a great job. Yeah, and Kevin Feige, we trust, even when it's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Even in times so. of turbulence. Speaking of Kevin Feige, rumors are he may be eyeing a much bigger role at Disney than Marvel Studios president. Um, according to Jeff Snyder from the Hot Mike, he said, I've heard that the job that Kevin has always coveted is that of Alan Bergman. Um, Alan Bergman served as the chairman of Walt Disney Studios from 2020 to 2023 which is the job of overseeing all of the company's movie and streaming arms, including Marvel, Lucasfilm, Pixar, and 20th Century Studios. Um, 
I don't know. Just I don't think that would ever happen. Just because if you're Bob Iger, you would never want to lose Kevin Feige in what he is. He's like he's too good at his job that he won't get promoted. Yeah, yeah. I think there's this phenomenon where in every industry in life is people only get promoted up to the point where they're like ineffective. And I think this next jump for Kevin Feige would be that like he's perfect in his role currently. Nobody, nobody alive could do it better. Um, And if you promoted him, I guess maybe like you create more of a problem for yourself. Yeah, you would like, I I guess it's possible. He'd be like an amazing chairman, whatever the fuck a chairman even does. What do these people even do all day? Yeah. Who knows? But you got entire studios that are working independently of each other. And then someone just gives it like a little green stamp. Yeah. That's, that's what it seems like to me. But (laughs) whenever I think about company structures for too long, I just start to think like, I don't think any of this is real. No, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it, uh, a lot of it, is insane. Um, I, I personally believe that like more than half of like upper management of any large company is fucking beyond useless and does nothing and uh, has no point. It's to just be like there. A, it's just a bunch of people asking other people to do other yes, things. Agreed. I don't want to get too into it. Oh, never mind. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, <laughs> I'll get myself in trouble. All right. Let's move on. Um, a major Star Wars movie announcement slash announcements are expected at the celebration in London this April. Um, so the last Star Wars movie came out in 2019, which is crazy. It was terrible. Um, yeah, that I agree and... with you on that one. Uh, We got a new update thanks to a report from THR. Uh, They say Disney has, quote, ramped up its efforts to bring the franchise back to theaters and is expected to unveil film plans at Star Wars Celebration London this April. Um, So, yeah, I mean, probably good. They've been uh, riding the Mandalorian train ever since. So, yeah. And I think I'm, I'm hopeful that they have learned some lessons from the series that they've been putting out. Um, Obi-Wan, decent story, pretty bad cinematography. Um, And like, I feel like most people universally agree with that take. And then Andor, amazing cinematography, great story. Uh, You got to hope that they are learning the right lessons there. Like they're not tough lessons to learn. So hopefully... Um, hopefully that means the next movie will be really good. I'm still holding out hope that they give Ryan Johnson a trilogy still, especially. Yeah, what happened to that? So I think, I do think it's still the last, I feel like it's gone back and forth between like, yeah, he's still doing it to, no, I haven't heard from them. I'm probably not doing it to back to like, oh yeah, no, he's still doing it. Um, And I think especially now that, uh, Ryan Johnson is like carved out quite a successful uh, niche for himself in like yeah. kind of mystery. Nice out films. Give me a yeah. Star Wars mystery, dude. Holy shit. That would be amazing. Oh, that'd, be sweet. that'd be so good. That'd be so He already good. said that his, like his next film is the next Knives Out movie. Yes. 
Um, he has a good TV show called Poker Face that's out right now. Yep. Yep. Um, so it's just, you know, you know, obviously the Last Jedi people are one way or another yeah. on it, but the dude's been making some good content. So. Yeah. And and for me, I'm we. I guess if anybody, you know, every podcast is somebody's first podcast, so we'll go into the history. So for I'm a big The Last Jedi fan. Tommy is not. Um, no, I can't stand it. I want I want to like it, but I just can't stand it. <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite in the new trilogy, and but but I also it might be mine too. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know that's that's fair. You know that, that's that's a wild yeah, thing yeah. about it, right? Yeah. Um, at least it did something yes that's exactly yeah that's exactly my thing is like it 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 tried it tried to expand the universe and jj just refused to allow it but uh, yeah i remember liking the force awakens when it came yeah, out same. but then i like that in retrospect too. i was like i've liked it less because it just felt safe i mean i don't like a safe yeah movie. yeah i i still and so I I like both of the first two. I think the Rise of Skywalker is garbage across the board. I think most people probably agree with that. Yeah, they were trying to wrap it up, and it was an impossible task, yeah. and it just was dumb. But uh, give me, but man, give me... last the last Jedi has Admiral Akbar, and it has that light speed ship crash scene, yep. and it has which may redeem it. I don't know, and s- some amazing cinematography and fight choreography. It has definitely the best fight oh, in between the those trilogy. red dudes. Yeah. yeah, that was sweet. Yeah. That was sweet. Um Eric, please forgive me. Uh-oh. I must run to the bathroom. Oh, you bastard. I will be right All back. All right. <laughs> we are back. We are back. Yes, we are. The caffeine kicked in. I needed a quick break. <laughs> All right. Um, I think I only have like one thing left. Okay. And I don't even know if I want to talk about it. Uh, Ant-Man 3 star Evangeline Lilly addresses recasting rumors and says Marvel was very, quote, respectful, respectful, uh, respectful of her <laughs> Vax views. Oh, my God. Oh, so good t- for them. She said they're very respectful. In fact, I've had direct conversations with them that I have instigated, and they've always said that's not our business, that's not for us to tell you how to live your life or what opinions to have. AKA, just shut up, please shut up, stop instigating these conversations. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's shut I think up. She's failing to pick up on some pretty obvious hints there. Oh my gosh! And so she said, I've actually even gotten a supportive phone call from Ant Man director Peyton Reed at one point, saying like. Just so you know, there's some rumors spreading about Marvel ditching you or canceling you, and that didn't come from Marvel. That didn't come from us, so just ignore it. Oh, my God. I mean, I have not heard these opinions, so if she's not, like, uh, Cara Dooning it, I forget that actress's name, who, like, wouldn't uh, shut Gina the Carano. up about it. Yeah, she went crazy, crazy hard. Um yeah, look, if you I think I think if you're like anti-vax, I think you're a moron, but if you're like if you're if you just keep it if it's just purely a personal thing, fucking whatever, dude. Yeah, just shut up. Just shut up about it. I think she's like shared some like some like anti-vax stuff socially. I don't know. I don't really follow any of this stuff anymore cuz I don't follow celebrities at all cuz I think they're dumb um yeah but yeah it's true like, true true almost all of the problems that you see in the news about celebrities is just people refusing to just shut up yeah 
And it turns out you don't have to broadcast your opinion like it's news to everybody. Let me let me clarify at least my stance where I have no problem. I think you should broadcast your opinion. The 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 reason why this one annoys me is because it's very literally a public health risk. So like that that is yeah. That's what takes it over over the edge for me. Um, everybody has shitty opinions. We have shitty opinions oh, yeah, that we absolutely. talk about all the time. Yeah. Um, but I guess but it's yeah, just like it's there's just... there's shitty opinions, and then there's just you're being a moron. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a clear difference. Obviously, yeah. that's like a subjective thing. But you know, sure. It's like when you see people making like anti-Semitic comments and things like that, where it's just like. I literally can't even comprehend anti-Semitism because it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I know that it feels like, yeah, yeah. It's that that one that one is super crazy. It's just like when do, we do were when saying, we were growing though, like, up. It's yeah, like, it's it's we both grew up in the same place. Yeah, and I don't think there was never like <laughs> I couldn't even. It just it's just in, incomprehensible to be yeah. like man. Like those Jewish people, it's like what? Like, yeah. this literally makes no sense to me where anti-Semitism comes from, and it exists so much. Oh There's yeah, so it's much back. It. It's so back like, in a big way. Unfortunately, when you see it, you're just like, what the fuck? You know, it's yeah. crazy. It's just be nice to people, but I don't know. You know, people be going crazy. Yeah, they do. All right, um, Eric, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we jumped in? No, let's talk about the shithouse movie. All right. Let's jump right into Quantumania. Or, as I would like to call it, <laughs> a film that's better than Black Panther Wakanda Forever. You are fucking crazy! There's no way you believe that. There's right. no fucking possible way you believe that. We I are going to fight for the next hour. I am starting off this podcast with a list of movies and shows that Quantum Mania is better than. Dude, this is going to piss me. I'm already pissed. All right, let me go I'm, through it. I'm so let mad. Let me go through it. Are you ready? Oh, my God. These are movies and shows in the MCU that Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania is better than. The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Falcon yeah, and the sure. Winter Soldier. Sure. What if Moon Knight, eh. Thor: Love and eh. Thunder, Miss Marvel, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, Black Crazy. Widow, Shang Chi, Eternal, what? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, Doctor Strange, what? Thor: The Dark World, Iron Man Three, and The Incredible Hulk. I rest All my right. case. Well, so unfortunately, Tommy's developed a an addiction to crack cocaine in the time <laughs> that we have. <laughs> <sighs> Taking oh. off. That's fucking cr- insane, dude. You are insane. That's so Spoiler crazy. Spoiler alert, I liked this movie. That's crazy. That's crazy. So That's let's talk crazy. About let's talk about it. All right. <laughs> That's cr- I'm in shock. I know. That was the whole point. That was, I, I was going to keep my mouth shut until, until I dropped the ball. All right, so we got like a two-hour movie. Oh, my God. Opens up Janet Van Dyne in the quantum realm, right? Um, I, I will say this off the bat. Janet Van Dyne, probably the best part of the movie. 
badass really? from badass from beginning to end. Maybe the only character besides Kang in the entire movie who wasn't completely fucking brain dead. I don't uh, know. There was there was like, and we'll we'll bounce around a bit, but we'll also kind of go chronological. There was a few times where it really started to grate on me, like the I don't want to talk about. Well, yeah, yeah, fair, 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 fair. She should have like, just. It's like Jan. You met an entire fucking civilization. <laughs> yeah, okay? Yeah. You saw a villain that you maybe should probably warn some people about that needs to stay trapped down there. Okay? That destroyed trillions of people. Maybe be like, hey, Hank. Hey, everyone else. Just so you know, don't fuck with the quantum realm again that I just got out of. Otherwise, the entire universe is going to die. Yeah, I think I can chalk that up to trauma though yeah i mean i can um, get it but like at the same time i'm like damn jan yeah damn. no you're you're right that's fair that is fair that is fair but that said i still really really liked jan in this movie just absolute fucking badass definitely the yeah. most uh the most formidable of the group of heroes i would say every um, single time i see fan. michelle pfeiffer i'm just like ooh, what if she was wearing that catwoman suit though <laughs> <laughs> yeah also fair. Uh, I will admit, I'm not trying to be, uh, I'm not trying to be like uh, misogynistic or something. Um, I think that was a sexual awakening for me as a small child. It's like, yeah, myself. Uh, what is was she? Was that latex? Yeah, I don't think that's. Uh, it's like, oh, okay. Every so. every young human being of of uh of any and all genders that had a sexual awakening at some point in their in their childhood i think that's that's fair yeah. and i'm sure michelle pfeiffer was many 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 people's and now i'm not attracted to people unless they meow at me it's you know, it's <laughs> up a little, you know? So, uh, it's a gift and a curse yep is what i'm saying um i love how at the beginning we see like we see jan meeting kang and it's like, where did she get that gun from, man? You know? Yeah, right. Did she did she make that? <laughs> was it part of her suit or something? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that came, um, that came out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, she basically kind of saves Kang. Also, uh, the first the first scene of this movie, maybe the the worst lit scene in cinematic history. <laughs> it was oh, like yeah. watching a black screen. Uh, I will and, say, and the whole movie had that issue. Outside of the scenes where, like, you see Scott reading his book, which was fantastic. Yep. Yes. I can't, that book is for sale, by the way. You can buy that book. <laughs> no way. That's, if you that's go great. on Amazon, it's it's on pre-order right now. Um, outside of that scene in the beginning and the end, I will say that this movie is a volume and CGI fuckfest. Horrible. Worst looking movie in the MCU by a fucking mile. I disagree with that for sure, but I it was like grating to just like constantly be in like it felt like you were in like a tunnel. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Um honestly, I think like the Avengers is probably one of the worst looking MCU movies just oh, no because way. It, it feels so flat and like television esque if you go back and watch it. Some of the yeah. older movies are pretty bad, just color wise. I know what you mean, but, like, at least they were in real places. <laughs> See, but I think, like, for me, after watching this movie, um, obviously it has, like, 48, 48% of Rotten Tomatoes. Which is uh, too high. The critic score. And um, the audience score is at, like, 85%. So Insane. people are enjoying it. Insane. Um, I think 
what I was thinking after I saw this movie is like, once you are like, hey, this is like a movie in the quantum realm and it's just going to be like wild and it's going to look wild and it's going to look different because the quantum realm does not look like how everything else looks. As long as like you're watching the movie for what it is, I think it ends up being really enjoyable. I think it would if it didn't look like Shark Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's just it's just it didn't have that final layer of like rather than rather than shoot on a green screen and put in everything, shoot in like of a, a desert or something and just color grade the sky like do something like deep fake deep fake the world <laughs> like do something yeah it just it just i think with the green screens and the volume usage i feel like they were trying to be very ambitious and i think they, they were failed. very ambitious and i don't think the results ended up super great it didn't bother yeah. me as much as it bothered you but like you did feel claustrophobic maybe yeah 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 i agree um in a lot of the scenes and it just i don't know it just you're in the quantum realm but you're not quite in space and it's just it's like, what does this place look like what what is what are the dimensions of this space and to me when i when the movie first started like the first half hour um, I said to me, I was like, it's like they found a warehouse full of unused Star Wars costumes. And we're well, like, well, the what, well, what are we going to do yeah. with all of these? And then that became all the costumes for this movie. I was just going to say, this movie reminded me of the shiny Power Rangers speeder bikes from the Boba Fett show. Oh, my gosh. I didn't think they were that, that bad. Whole, but, yeah. Oh, I thought they were maybe worse. I, wow. I fucking hate hated how this movie looked like zero redeeming qualities visually zero the suits look like shit the world looked like shit everything looks so fucking bad to me yeah well i mean i mean like the thing is is that we see all these articles about the cgi guys and uh how stretched thin they are like i couldn't even yeah. imagine this movie because it's all green screen all of it yeah yeah it is it Which, is. And just, no shade towards them. Like, no, I'm sure I if mean, they had another year, maybe you created an entire world. Yeah. Yeah. And it was constantly changing. I mean, this movie, the pacing was fast, I thought. I thought it, I thought it yeah. just kept going. Like, you didn't have much time to think about all these creatures and places and characters that were just popping up. Like, I don't even remember. Remember that lady's name? The lady that could, like, destroy people and turn them into, like, guts? I don't know what her name was. Yeah, same. Um, you know, and so it's like there was like buildings that were creatures. There were creatures that they were flying on. Um, kind of wild. But uh, let's what we I know we're going to have a lot to keep going through. Let's let's step through the plot a little bit more. So Kang meets Jan. Uh, his multiversal power core was basically broken it seems like all the other kangs just kind of exiled him to the quantum realm because then he wouldn't be able to get out right yes. um so jan eventually helps him repair this multiversal power core he's gonna get her back to hope um and hank and she sees a vision um when she touches it of him destroying and conquering all these different timelines um and so it like freaks her out and she turns on him 
and like uses some of her little pim growing things um to enlarge his power core beyond its use and like strand you know he becomes stranded then in the quantum realm because she destroys that core here's a here's a plot hole if the i mean kang obviously has technology beyond probably anything we've seen in the in the MCU yet sure um all of the kangs do they have the the council of kangs um and they they exiled him assuming that he wouldn't be able to get out because uh, i guess they needed pim particles to to get out how the fuck did they exile him without pim particles they obviously knew how to get him there they thought he wasn't going to be able to figure out how to get out eventually yeah i mean i i think that that's pretty ambiguous at that point how he got there how they sent them there we have no idea yeah uh, but whatever it is whatever method they use to send him there he obviously doesn't have some way of getting out um so who knows that that's that's a big question mark yeah um but i suppose they figured that the quantum realm there's a bunch of random ass people and places and creatures there maybe they would just kill him or he just wouldn't be able to figure it out so um who knows? I don't know. The whole Council of Kangs thing is still a little confusing to me. Um, and so, I don't know. So many people are like, they're ripping off of Rick and Morty. That's fucking so funny. And it's like, man, <laughs> Rick and Morty ripped off Marvel. Yeah, Rick and Morty ripped off every comic book store. And, like, it's fine. Did a good it's job. not a big yeah, deal. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's like, man. It, well, I shouldn't. Ripped off. They parodied it. They parodied yeah. it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we cut back to one of the few scenes that's that's on Earth, right? Scott Lang, he has a memoir. He's living happily with Hope. Okay, if there's one thing I don't believe at all, it's it's uh, Scott and Hope's relationship. There's just like not one part of it that to me, I, I don't think they're in love. Yeah. I don't get it. It doesn't yeah. really, it, they're in a relationship because the story says they're in a relationship, and I hate that. I will say that. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It didn't bother me, but I but I definitely agree. They do not. They s- just seem more like uh, like colleagues. Yeah. Yeah. Just crime fighting partners. Not one part of me is like, yeah, they're definitely together. Um, So Cassie has become like an activist and she keeps going to jail because she's basically trying to like stop the government and corporations from being pieces of shit, just like her dad used to. Um, And so they have to bail her out of jail. Um, and then we conveniently are told the story of how Cassie has been working on a device to contact the quantum realm. Yeah. Well, Janet... to, to, to map the con- the quantum realm. Specifically. Right. Right. So she basically like pings the quantum realm and it kind of pings back. And Janet had no idea. And Hank and her were working on it, but Janet has no idea. And, uh, she just freaks out. Um, and then we see the scene that we saw in all the trailers where it's like the message was received in the quantum realm and then some portal opens up and then they all get pulled in there with some like super ants. Um, and then that's the last we see of the normal world, basically. Yeah, which another thing I don't like is so Kang can somehow reach through the quantum realm to suck people into it, but he can't get himself out. Okay. You're doing this thing that we call thinking about it too much. 
You're being a real Tommy right now. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a reversal. Sometimes you just got to let it go. You know? Yeah, no, reversal. it doesn't really, uh, you know, it, we don't really understand this technology at all, and they don't really try to help us. Yeah. Um, it seems like Modoc was the one that picked up the signal oh, or whatever it was. Um, Kill me. And somehow they were able to pull him back in. So, um, let's talk about Modoc since I just invoked the word. <clears throat> Man, <laughs> Modoc. What did I say? Modoc. What? Did I say? <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm making it because they. Oh, made that the joke. joke. Yeah. Um, what is it? What does it stand for? Machine. Machine organism designed only for killing. Yeah. Um. Man, that was pretty rough. Yeah, looking. hated everything about that. Hated absolutely. I didn't hate his character. It. I did. I loved the it's never too late to not be a dick. I loved that. I mean, by that point, I was enraged. I, like, I was, <laughs> I was, seriously, any redeeming qualities the third act had went just completely over my head because I was fucking furious at how bad this movie was by that time. I love that he's designed only for killing, but he seemed pretty bad at killing. Yeah, yeah. Did he kill one person? <laughs> I don't know. I was about to say, I'm not sure he killed anybody. Um, I, I liked this story idea of it being Darren. I thought the CGI looked like absolute garbage every single time. Yeah. He wasn't wearing the mask. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, liked... even when he was. Okay, dude. Design. Dude, at the very end, when he says he died as an Avenger, I was that losing That was funny. It. I did like that. I did like that. That was hilarious. <laughs> I was... The humor in this movie, I'd say at least 90% of the time, I was on board with it. Maybe I wouldn't have been... Or maybe I would have been if I wasn't so angry. But, um... Cause there, cause there were... Some of it did hit for me. And that was, that was one of them. I did like that. That was funny. Yeah, oh my gosh. I love that. Um there were several times in the movie where I was like audibly laughing and I don't think anyone else was. <laughs> At some points I was like, ooh, should I like try to tone it down? And I was like, fuck it. I'm laughing. Yeah. I'm having a enjoy, I, I think, enjoy yourself. I think about twenty minutes into the movie, I decided I'm gonna have a good time. Oh, see, and... I'm I'm jealous of that. I, I wish I would have done that. And I did. Um uh, and it was great. And nice. I was like, you know what? This movie's kind of weird, but I'm just going with it. All right. Um, all right. So we're in the quantum realm, and it seems like uh, Scott and Cassie, who's just conveniently hiding her little suit. Um, stupid. Yeah, Absolutely I don't know. Fucking stupid. If you start getting pulled into the quantum realm, you know what I'm doing? I'm putting suit on my up. suit. Jeez. Yeah. Um, they're separated from Hope, Jan, and Pim, and Hank. I don't know why I call him Pim. Um, and they meet up with Bill Murray, which makes no sense. He seems like the creepiest motherfucker. Yep. Um, yes, he does. It's a former ally of, of Jan's. Uh, they were boning while she was in the quantum realm. Um, but now he's I didn't hate his Hang. performance, though. I thought I, I did like. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, his performance was fine. He yeah. played a piece of shit very well. Uh, he, um, I don't know if I've really seen. I mean, Bill Murray's kind of always like smarmy. But yeah. Uh, oh yeah, it's very smarmy. But I don't know if I've ever really seen. I don't know. I I really 
I would have liked to see more of that character. I, I was interested by by that character. Yeah, talk about one and done in a scene. Huh? Yeah, yeah. He eats his little like slimy alien drink, and then at the end they make the alien <laughs> yeah, gigantic, yeah. and it just eats him. That was good. So yeah, I don't know. This scene was kind of weird for me though, because it's just like I don't understand where I'm at in the quantum realm. I don't understand yeah, who l- these people are. Like you said, it's just an off-brand Star Wars cantina. Yes. And yes. It, where it's like it looked not even close to as good as the worst Star Wars cantina you've ever seen. And it's just like Okay, I'm going to say something here. The Star Wars cantina has not worked since 1977. I disagree. For 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 as many problems as um the solo movie has i think i remember them having some cantina-esque scenes in there that i was like yeah this is uh they they got this right yikes eric have you even seen the solo movie i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it (laughs) still haven't seen that one (laughs) yeah no there is that that movie definitely that movie is way better than this movie. you know what i will make a commitment to you today i will watch rogue one Rogue One, why? That's oh my god! All right, moving on. Um, all right. Um, despite my love for this movie, I will say that one of its biggest faults is its abhorrent editing. Okay. Um, there's several scenes that just kind of clip together and are cut off that don't quite make sense logically. Um. And one of them happened right before what I was just going through with the Bill Murray scene is you have Scott and Cassie and they're separated, right? And then we see them get uh, kind of like kidnapped or made prisoner by all these rebels, right? And then it cuts over to the scene with Hope and Jan and Hank, right? And then it cuts back and they're at the rebel camp or whatever. And Scott's like, where's my daughter? And it's like, what do you mean? The last scene we saw them with, they were together. How do you not know where your daughter's at? Yeah. And then everyone's chanting and it's crazy. And you're like, Ooh, this is kind of creepy. And then like, Cassie just like pops up from the bottom of the screen and is like, drink the ooze. <laughs> and it's like, what the hell is going on? It just like, it just doesn't flow. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you drink the ooze. And I actually ended up liking that scene in, in retrospect because it's like, oh, drink the ooze. And they're all just saying, drink the ooze, only you didn't hear them because he couldn't understand their language. Yeah. And so, it, like, you know, it's like that little reversal of like, wow, this is so creepy. Only, in fact, they just want him to drink it so that he can hear them and speak to them. Uh, but it's that those edits just don't make sense because... They're together, then they're apart, and he somehow doesn't know where she's at, and then she just pops up, and it's just, what's going on here? It's it's a little sporadic. Yeah. I, I think w- that happened a few times throughout the movie. <laughs> I was going to say, I was asking myself that question the entire movie. What is going on here? <laughs> yeah. And, and then the other thing, um, Kang really needs to work on prisoner transport with his guards. How many <laughs> times did we see those glowy face motherfuckers walking some prisoner down a little hallway only for them to just like be like shot and killed or hit. And then the prisoners get away. I feel like that happened like six times. Yeah. The whole MCU is like this. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess I do that one. I can kind of wave away because it's like, those are just guards and they're up against, 
you know, superheroes. They're up against Avengers. So, so I do. I mean, we we got to have some cannon fodder in these to yeah. to job to show us that the the heroes are worthy of uh, being called heroes. The MCU loves some like anonymous faced cannon fodder. Yes, yes, like are those people? Are they like creations of some sort? You get to that stormtrooper question where it's like, are these just regular people just trying to make a living? Yeah, or are that they was my assumption, else? but I but I don't know. It's always it's always really weird how that works out, but um, so yeah, where are we left off? Uh, Scott's with the rebels, and Kang is looking for looking for them. Um, well, he's <laughs> looking remember. for Janet. Yeah, he's looking for Janet. He ends up finding Scott and Cassie, and so he starts. He sends Modok and everyone to come attack the rebel little city. And the the leader of the rebels, her name is Gentora. Not that I would have known that. <laughs> um, she's like, you led him right to us. Mia in the movie theater goes, like, bitch, you kidnapped them. What do <laughs> yeah, you mean right, you right. led him right to it? You, you took these people. They didn't want to come with you. Um, you know, and so that was kind of funny, <laughs> I thought. Uh, but yeah, basically, Modoc uh, ends up, like, destroying a bunch of the rebels and killing them. Um, in the hunt for Jan. Um, so I think eventually this is where we see Kang for the first time because Scott and Cassie are prisoners. Um, and we get that that like famous little scene from the from the trailer where he's like, "Have I killed you before?" Um, what did you think about Jonathan Major's performance as King? It was other than Janet's uh performance. It was the only other thing I liked about this movie. Um, I thought he was. It, it was one of those things where it's like maybe the first minute or two, I was like, oh, man, he's really he's really doing something weird with this. And then it just it like flipped. And I was like, oh, no, this is like very intimidating. Like he's like he's weird, but he sells it to the point for me where. I was like, oh, like this guy's this guy's like unhinged. <laughs> um, oh yeah, when he which starts I, like which squeezing I their bodies. And yeah, shit. yeah. It, I mean, it was like, and again, more more Star Wars comparisons. It was like th- that's that's kind of what I want Darth Vader to be like <laughs> with the with the Force show, just brutal, yeah. just like merciless, uh, torturous. And I, like, yeah, I, I really the thought power, it was you know, use it. Yeah. Yeah, especially and and if you've if you're fully committed, like yeah, I'm I'm a fucking bad guy, <laughs> which which she seems to have embraced. Um, I I liked it. I liked him a lot. I cannot fucking wait for him to be in a better movie. Nice. <laughs> I, I think uh, I think it's gonna be great. Yeah, I mean that's like. Um... With certain movies, once you understand like what you're dealing with, like I like obviously I'm a huge James Bond fan. You have to like psychologically get over the fact that like, bruh, you just shoot this guy. Like you don't have to feed him to sharks. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. have to like bury him underground. Like if you just shot him, your plan would have worked. And so yeah, it's like it's nice to see someone kind of be like, hey, like I'm just gonna kill you. Yeah. If you don't do what I want to do. And I guess the thing, like it seemed. I mean, I knew obviously none of the heroes were gonna die, 
because they never. I thought do. one of them would. You I don't thought know. so? Yeah. I don't know. I thought someone was gonna die. Like, kill off Hank or Jan. I don't know. Yeah, I think killing Jan. Yeah, I mean, killing Jan would have been good, but like, she was so good in this movie that maybe. Uh... That's what made me think that she was gonna die. Right. Right. <laughs> no, Usually I know. When I know they what focus you mean. on yeah. someone that much, they're gonna die. Yeah. But... But maybe they were like, nah, let's keep this let's keep this character around. She's a badass. Yeah. She was good. She was good. Um and so this movie becomes another heist film, kind of. Um Kang wants Scott to get his power core back. Um and, you know, use his powers to basically shrink it back down so that it's working. Um he kind of enters that probability storm, which is one of my favorite parts of the movie, actually, um, cool. where he like he jumps in and he starts like seeing other versions of himself. Yep. And eventually they end up kind of working like the ants, which I thought was a good allegory. But I don't know this, the scene when they're all together and like he's fighting against them and they're working together. It like it slowly grew my anxiety. And like started thinking about like all these different like possibilities and things. And like by the end of the scene, like it it had like created this weird tension in me that made me feel uncomfortable, but like I liked it. Interesting. Um and so I kind of liked that little scene. It wasn't very long. Um eventually Hope arrives and she just somehow knows what's going on. That was a little frustrating. It's like she just jumps in and is like, Yeah, here. Uh, which is kind of strange. Uh, but I, I like the scene in general of just like seeing them all and then them working just like the ants had done um, in previous films. Yeah, I fucking hated this scene. Um, really? Oh, it was man. maybe one of my least favorites. Damn, dude. Uh, I hated that they that the, he that they all just work together like ants so much. Um, I think why and and, and uh, so this is one. Where I actually, and what we should say, we haven't talked about this, the Rick and Morty stuff. Justin Roiland's a bad person. That's not, that was not hard to predict. He kind of always seemed like an absolute oh fucking gosh. weirdo. Uh, I think that show is still good though. And I think it will continue to be just fine without him. They'll find somebody who can do the voices fine, whatever, whatever. But my point is Rick and Morty has an episode where the entire episode is dedicated to that exact concept, the like probabilities where every time the main characters make a choice, reality splits. And in Rick and Morty, uh. the way they do it, they have basically 30 different like uh, squares on screen at one point, maybe even more of the characters doing slightly different things. And it was a like execution is like, 11 out of 10 in this episode. It's a, it's an amazing episode of TV. Even if you don't watch Rick and Morty, just um it's really impressive how they like pulled off that idea. And so for me, like that's the that's the benchmark and this just did not live up to it at all. Also, again, like the rest of the movie, this scene just looked like dog shit to me. Um looked absolutely terrible. Uh I, I hated the conclusion of like, well, let's just make an, let's just be an ant pile. And then I hated how before Cassie called them, they couldn't get on the same page. You're the same fucking person. You can't get on the same page. You don't have a goal to begin with. Cassie's already going to die. You already all know that. 
You need to hear her voice to be reminded. Are you that fucking dumb? Are you that ADD that you can't focus on a task to where you have to split off a million times in 20 seconds? You're that indecisive. Just get the thing. That's the whole point. That's why you were there. That it just, I hated this. <laughs> I hated it so much. Alrighty. Well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> that is Eric's review of the entire film. It is. It is. It is. All right. <laughs> Are you done being wrong? No, I, dude, I can't wait to hear what blasphemous score you're about to give me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. So they get through the little probability storm, which is better than any Rick and Morty. No, it I've wasn't. It wasn't even close. Um, Kang reneges on his deal. Um, he captures Jan, uh, destroys their ship with Pym on it. Um, but he's rescued by his aunts, who were also pulled into the quantum realm. Which I also fucking hated. What? Really? I, I love the oh aunts. Oh my god, I hated it so the best, much. The best thing about this movie is that they don't forget who Ant-Man is. And they, they don't maybe forget they that it's all about the ants. No, it's And I loved been. that. I, I just it. loved that the ants came in at the end. And, like, Kang's whole thing, he's like, you're Ant-Man. You talk to ants. Big whoop. But people always underestimate Ant-Man. And Ant-Man fucking rules. And I love that, that the whole movie is about that. I, what I don't like is, so all of these, all of these people get sucked into the quantum realm against their will. It's five human beings who got sucked in separately from each other to the point where they ended up in different spots, but they all somehow magically ended up, no time dilation, whatever, whatever. But then there's a couple thousand ants who all magically went through a millennia of time dilation to where now there's some advanced fucking... Why does that Fuck bother you? you? That is so dumb. That is time, so fucking dumb. Time does not work the same in the quantum realm. But it works identically for the five humans somehow. It depends on where they show up. You no, know? that's they, so they had bad already, and dumb. Uh, they had already, uh, you know, they were already pretty intelligent ants to begin with at the beginning of the Which film. is also fucking dumb. Um... You do realize we're watching an Ant-Man movie. Yeah, right? the, a bad one. Oh, my God. All of these concepts could have been fine. You know, in the last movie, there was literally an entire building that became a pullable piece of luggage. Yeah, that, that makes so much more sense than these ants going through the exact same process as these five humans. But for all five humans... They end up no time dilation. And for all thousands of ants, they all evolve for a million years? What? Folks, it's with this kind of logic that you end up liking The Last Jedi. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, and so Pim ends up helping Scott and Hope. They're making their way to Kang. Cassie is still kind of imprisoned, but she breaks out and she helps that Gentora lady. And they basically start a rebellion against Kang and his whole army of faceless dudes. I, which I did um, like this part. I thought that was fine. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Um, let's see. Cassie ends up fighting Modok a bit. She kind of appeals to him. Eventually, he turns sides to fight Kang. 
uh, and ends up dying in in the in the fight. I loved that it's never too late to be a dick. I love the fact that he said he thinks he dies in Avenger. Yep. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> um, his CGI abhorrent every single time, yes. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think part of it is it wasn't super great, but I think another part of it that we have to acknowledge is, like, super uncanny value. Yeah, the design is impossible. He has um, the actor who plays him, uh, Corey Stahl, he has, like, a very, like, long head. Yep. I don't think it's, like, abnormally long, but it's, like, the head of Modoc in the movie is like very like wide, <laughs> like wide squarish. And so I don't know. It just I think they should have done a full CG head. Yes. I and then they're... used his voice only. Yeah. And I feel like they tried to like make it his head and it doesn't work. I don't know. I think it would have looked like bad anyways because it's Modoc. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, make sense. Yeah. But it was just like the entire time I was like, what the fuck is I, every scene he was in, I was like, why do I hate this? And I was trying to like <laughs> make notes in my head of why I hated it. Cause I love Modoc. Um, you know, like when I was a little kid and the Iron Man show was on, I think it was 1996. Um, he was a character on that show. And so in my brain, like Modoc is like normal, even though it should sure. be. It was one of the first comic villains I ever saw. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. And he didn't have any hair. Modoc usually has some weird hair and his eyes are yeah. weird. I don't know. It was weird. But I loved how they ended his scene with him. And uh, from a story point, I liked it. Yeah, um, I, I didn't have a problem with that. And so, um, what is it? Janet, she fixes the power core as Hank, Hope, and Cassie jump through. What? They fight, right? And so she, they, they're able to jump through a portal to go home. Yep. And they all take their good old time. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what happens here. Someone's going to get stuck. <laughs> um, and I think it's worth noting that Kang, there's a bunch of people complaining that Kang was super powerful when he was, like, hurting Scott and Cassie. And then at the end, he wasn't as powerful. Well, but he broke his, his thing. Yeah, his, like, suit yeah. thing gets all fucked up. And so that's why he wasn't able to just, like, instantly kill them. Yeah, that part didn't bother. That made sense to me. There was a bunch of people online that somehow missed the fact that like his suit got fucked up and he no longer has. He made like powers. a huge deal. It was like sparking. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think some people, not to generalize, Eric, got so blinded by their rage that they forgot to just enjoy the film. Yeah, that's fair. Um, it's pretty you know. tough to enjoy. Yeah. And so, <laughs> at the very end, uh, Kang attacks Scott before he's able to jump through. You know, they were like, let's go onesie twosie through the portal. Um, and they just like start like a fist fight. And man, Kang is just, he's ready for Creed 3. Beast. At this point. Yeah, absolute beast. And uh, I do like the line Scott says, I don't have to win. I just need you to lose. I, well, I need like us both that. to lose. Yeah. Early, yeah, I just need yeah. us both to lose. And but at the very end, Hope returns through. Uh, the portal and she knocks Kang out um, and pushes him into the power core. And this is another pause for me. Here's another one of my complaints. I will say while I enjoyed this movie and I think I'm trying to be as fair as possible. There are several things that I didn't like about it. Sure. And there were um, things I liked about it too. Okay. Half of this movie, you see like Cassie, you see Scott and they're running around. They're <laughs> running around. Meanwhile, fucking Hope has wings flying all over the place. Yeah. And 
She has fucking lasers that are just destroying people left and right. Okay, these suits are all made by the same person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, Scott has to have gone, hey, can I get like these like major super-powered weapons and abilities that Hope has, please? Because yeah. this is ridiculous. Yeah. Because if he was fighting Kang one-on-one and he had those lasers, boom, it would have been done right there. Yep. So, uh, spoiler alert, ants can fly. Some of them. Yeah. So, like, it's not <laughs> just, just well, get wings. And it doesn't even matter. I mean, like, if, if Hope has it, Hank should have it. Yeah. Or uh, Scott sure. should have it. For sure. It just didn't make sense. Um, And I think I also skipped over the part. And I, I really like the big fight with everyone coming together. I loved when Scott became gigantic. And I like the part when Scott and Cassie were both gigantic together and hugged each other. Um, I liked that a lot. Um, and I liked when Hank came in and saved everyone with all the ants. I liked that a lot, too. Hated I that. was like, fuck yeah, get, get the ants, baby. Um, it, it reminded me of one of my favorite films, uh, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Where the guy gets is, killed by wait, all the is that ants. really one of your favorites? Or are you being of ironic? Of course not. Okay, Come on. all right. Oh, I was gonna say, holy shit! Jesus. What are these takes today? Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> for it today. I'm going for it. Um, okay, so wait, re- quick, quick, quick aside. Um, also something that looked great on the big screen: fucking Harrison Ford de-aged in the Indiana Jones yeah, uh, dude. trailer. That's fucking wow, wild. that looks amazing. I really hope that movie's good because I love me some Indiana Jones. Yeah, that'd be great. I'm not a big fan, but like, I'm not a huge hater. I'm maybe a little bit of a hater, but like, not se- not seriously. <laughs> it's like I do like the idea of just like casually not knowing whether you hate something or not. <laughs> I mean, oh, maybe I'm a hater. I don't know. I'm just not. It's just not for me. Those movies are not. For yeah, me, but uh, I just watched Raiders of the Lost Ark a couple weeks ago, and man, it's just a good adventure film. Yeah. All right. So where do we get left off here? Kang gets kind of absorbed into his power core. Yep. He gets kind of like pulled into it, kind of blows up a little, turned to oblivion, whatever. Um, And then Cassie is just, I thought they were going to be stranded there, but Cassie just kind of reopens the portal and they return home. I feel like that was a a script change at some point. Um, Well, I mean, it's it's a wildly stupid move because you don't know if they beat Kang. You could have just been opening the portal for Kang. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Crazy. That's that's very true. But in the movie, they know that it happened because they're watching the movie themselves. You know, that's like one of those things where it's like, I feel like in every single movie, there's a point where like, if this wasn't a movie, that wouldn't have happened. And that's absolutely that part of it, right? Yep. Where it's like the movie's self-aware at this point. Yep. yep. Um, And so we're back to the real world. We kind of get back to Scott in his normal life kind of as if he's reading his memoir kind of thing. Um, and this is actually one of my favorite parts. He starts rethinking the entire plot. Yeah, I do like this. Yeah. Of the entire movie. And he's like, wait a second. But if Kang got sucked into the core, did I actually just like release Kang? It is, did his death start something terrible happening? And then like, you know, he starts going through basically like an anxiety thought of like, wait a second, did I actually defeat him or did I just enable him to like destroy the entire universe? And he's like, well, I'll just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I thought that it was very like character esque of him. And I I loved it. It was a good ending to the film, I thought. Um and that's the end. That's the end of the movie. He just kind of brushes it off and then that's it. So we got no Louise. There's no T I. 
There's no, uh, you know, the Eastern European guy from Dark Knight. None of those guys ended up showing up. <laughs> um, and that's the film. Yeah. You want to jump to the credit scenes? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. I, d- right, I did so like I did like both the after credit scenes. The mid credit scene shows three of the main variants of Kang uh, being Rama Tut, yes. Immortus, and the Scarlet Centurion. Um, and they're talking over the death of one of the other Kang variants and kind of planning their multiversal whatever. And we see an entire council of Kangs, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Um, I was like a little put off by this scene for some reason because like some of the Kangs are like screaming and celebrating and I just didn't quite understand it. Um, but it was kind of cool to see all of them together. Some of them looked very wild, like Rama Tut looked wild. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I, I love uh, Jonathan Majors. That scene just didn't really hit for me, I think, as well as I thought it would. Okay. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they do this going forward. Um, cause there's a lot of them motherfuckers, man. Yeah. Yeah, um, there are. I still think this might be a, a hot take. Another one for me. I think I still prefer he who remains to the Kang of this film. <sighs> That's tough. I mean, he, he had a lot of room to breathe. Yeah. In that episode of Loki. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He did. I love a good monologue too. So, yep. Um, but I, I Kang was definitely like one of the best parts of this film. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting the the post credits scene. Yeah, we see a return of Loki and Mobius M. Mobius. Yeah, they appear to be in like like the early 1900s or something, and uh, they're they're at a show of a guy named Victor Timely, also a Kang variant, and he's talking about time, um, and how you can harness it, and it's not what you think it is. And uh, this seems to be a good setup for Loki season two. So I was very excited to see Loki and Owen Wilson again. It was exciting. Yeah, I do think so. They referenced a lot in this film that time is not what you think it is. And I wonder if that is like just Kang trying to halfway explain his existence. Or I wonder it almost seemed like that was going to be like a reveal at some point of like, time's not what you think it is. They hit that so hard that it had me thinking like, well, what is it? Like, are you explain? So I do wonder if they're going to get more in here, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is an interesting thing to think about that, um, you know, for better or for worse, you know, Kevin Feige, Marvel studios, they're setting up their next Thanos, right? Yep. Um, and phase four, I would say really nothing happened that was super, um, world building towards that. Yep. Um, it was mostly just introducing characters. Um, but you know, the last two Avengers films, um, dealt heavily with time travel. And so to jump into Kang, uh, I think that we need to differentiate the time travel that we experienced yeah, in yeah. Avengers Endgame and what we're going to be doing now. And so maybe that's tied to that somehow. I don't know. Yeah. Um, like there's there's levels to this shit. Kang is yeah, on a different I, level. It's like more multiversal maybe than... I feel like they barely touched on that aspect of it in Avengers Endgame. But I don't know. 
Um, it's going to be hard because I really think Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. I, I just don't see I mean, how they nailed it. that. Yeah, they, they yeah. just fucking nailed it. I think that's the hardest part of the MCU is while there was some ups and downs in the journey of the first three phases, that shit stuck its landing. Yes. So fucking hard. Yes. Um, I just, I just don't know how you can ever touch it. Yeah. It's so. yeah. We'll see if they do. Yeah. Hey, prove me wrong, please. Yeah. Because sure. I, I think I, I have been struggling a little bit. Um, with some of these movies where it is every single one kind of feels off to me. Um, with the exception, I think of Spider-Man no way home was a perfect six out of six for me. I loved it. Um, you know, and I, and I'm not trying to just be uh contrarian because I, obviously I started this off with movies and shows that I think quantum mania is better than. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did enjoy this movie genuinely more than black Panther Wakanda forever. That's insane. Um, and I think it's just like, I could feel the struggle of the movie making process in Wakanda forever. And some parts of it just felt disjointed. <laughs> and so while, while there's like quality issues that like obviously like you didn't like this movie and you know all that stuff and there's other people that didn't like this movie i felt like it was more coherent even if people didn't like it as much it felt like within the movie itself everything just kind of flowed and made sense whereas what kind of forever felt disjointed and kind of lost its step at times for me i wish you could see my face right now <laughs> that is it, that is maybe your craziest take on this podcast. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm just speaking my mind. No, that's, that's fair. Oh man. I don't know. I, I just could like not uh, disagree more. It was a wild ride, but to me it it just felt coherent. Whether I loved it all or not, it just, you know, there was parts of it I didn't like, there was parts of it I did like, but I don't know. It just worked for me. Yeah, for me, it's, this was a movie for 10-year-olds that they were allowed to say the word shit in. And, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... The fact that this is, like, sitting close, if not, like, below Eternals is ridiculous to me. That Like, for you or for me, you're saying? On Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, oh, no. I disagree. I think, so... I mean, spoiler alert for our scores here. This is easily not even close my least favorite MCU movie by a fucking mile. I don't ever want to think about this shit again. I for goddamn sure I'm never going to watch this shit again. Uh, That's crazy. I hated this. I truly hated this. With, you know, the caveats of there were some redeeming qualities. But I... uh, This is one of... Like, I'm not trying to be like, like, this is genuinely one of my least favorite movie watching experiences of my entire life. It was, it was so bad to me. Wow. I was just so disappointed. My expectations weren't even that high. I went into it knowing that there were a lot of people, that it was divisive. And, uh, I just, I just hated it. Well, I had a good time. No, fair. I, I mean, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. It is an interesting thing. Like, uh, it seems 
it seems like people are pretty dis- divisive over it. Yeah. But the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is really high. It's at like 85 now. Um, and so for me, I was just like, hey, this is fun. I'm just having fun. And I had fun watching it. I thought the humor was really good, which is what I was looking for. It's really hard for me to not like Paul Rudd. Uh, yeah. I don't think I've ever not liked Paul Rudd. Um, and so I enjoyed that quite a bit. But yeah, let's jump into the ratings. Uh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> so as we do on the Infinity Watch podcast, we rate our movies, shows, special presentations, whatever the fuck it is we're rating. We're rating it out of six whole unadultered Infinity Stones. It is a tough scale to deal with. Yeah, yeah, it is. We really, we really painted ourselves into a corner with this one. We sure did. We sure did. But we're sticking with it. Yo. Eric. Yeah. No negatives. What are you giving? Ant Man and the Wasp. Quantum Mania. Uh, this is a one out of six for me. I fucking hate Damn. it. Damn. It's it sucked. Saw that one coming. I had already written it down on yeah. my screen. Yeah. It's. Uh, I di- I didn't. You like Iron Man three better than this film? Yeah, by a mile bro by a mile it's too bad it's too bad all right well i was fighting between a couple numbers here okay but i'm gonna give this the most solid four out of six infinity okay okay i thought it was a good fun movie i had a good time it has its blemishes but i think it introduced kang in a really good way i think the humor was fun and I think it introduced a lot of really fun characters and moments like the little jelly guy that they all eat out of. And he's like, I oh, got a hole. You know, I love that. Fucking hated that uh, guy. I love the ant stuff. Um, it was just a good, uh, it was a good movie about Ant-Man. I thought, it, I thought he did a good job. And I thought it gave Ant-Man the opportunity to kick some serious villain ass. And I loved it. Um, it just felt wholesome and happy and fun for me. And so solid four. All right, Eric. Can't believe this is the one that got you out to theaters, dude. I regretted it from the first fifteen minutes that I was there. Oh my gosh! I was like, why the fuck did I not go see Black? This Panther? is coming from the guy that didn't go see Black. I know, Panther. I know, I know. His most anticipated movie of the year that he didn't get out of his his house to go see. I know, stupid. Shaking my head, stupid. Well, this is this is the world punishing you. For yeah, it. that's true. That is true. So. All right, let's jump over to recommendations. Oh man, what a fun podcast! <laughs> I mean, right, I do I like f- I do like that uh, because I feel like our two perspectives are very much the two like. There's a lot. I hope people listening to this will find something to agree with. Web, wh- whoever you agree with, like I, I feel like uh, uh, both both are are very valid because like I see the points. Yeah. I definitely see why someone would would definitely like this movie um i will say i'm glad that we're 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 kind of capturing both of the sides yeah. of it um i've been listening through they've been re-releasing this podcast it's called the james bonding podcast and i got to an episode where it's a movie i like and then both the hosts actually hate it yeah and it's like hard to listen to yeah. the whole podcast because you're just like man but i like i like this movie <laughs> And it's just these two guys, and I love this podcast. It's no shade yeah, to the yeah. James Bonding podcast. It's just like, man, they hate it. They hate this thing, <laughs> and I love it. And so I, I, I just like skipped the episode because I just couldn't listen to them yep, dogging yep. one of my favorite movies. And so, yeah, 
It's I, I didn't want to give too much away when we were talking earlier in the week because yeah. I was like, oh man, I know he's going to hate it. <laughs> and I kind of like it. Did you know that before I saw it? Were you like, Eric's going to oh, hate it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, almost anything to do with Marvel now, I watch it and my first thought is you at the end. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And I'm like, ooh, Eric is going to hate this. Oh, so. And that was what happened. I feel like I feel like this is kind of nice, though, because we've been in in pretty close agreement recently with a lot of uh, yeah. with a lot of these. So this is a uh, this is interesting. Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't disagreed too much in the last several months yeah. on the Marvel stuff, and so um, yeah, it feels good. Yeah, it feels good, and definitely before you forget when we took our little break there in the middle of the episode, definitely go listen back to that. Oh God, okay. Let's just go listen back to that. All right, let's jump over to recommendations. I got a few little sprinklings of things. Okay. Um, I read the second book in what is called the Wayfarers series. This is a Hugo award-winning uh, sci-fi series. It's called A Closed and Common Orbit. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to like this book because I liked the first book, and then the second book, it like uh, it doesn't it doesn't have all the same characters in it. I thought it was just going to follow them again. And it kind of follows two of the characters only from that first book. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I kind of just wanted to see what happened next with them. This book was fucking amazing. Okay. Like, 10 out of 10. Blew my mind away. Talks about, like, what it means to be an AI. Oh, like and that. And whether, whether that's, like, are you a real person? Like, do you actually, like, feel and experience things? And, like, like what does it mean to be you know, a conscious living thing. And I really liked it. It really humanized it. It had a lot of LGBT themes in it as well. Um, and so I really love this book. It's called A Closed and Common Orbit by Becky Chambers. Um, the other two things are just two rewatches. I rewatched the first season of True Detective. Yep. Holy shit, man. <laughs> that shit is so good. So, so good. Um, if you've never watched it, it's only like eight episodes so good one of the best mysteries slash cop shows whatever you want to call it, detective shows um ever made and then really good news in less than a month ted lasso season three yeah we got our first trailer for ted lasso if you've never seen ted lasso and you want some happiness in your life go watch ted lasso it's really quick watch only two seasons quite short um the best the best television show ever made. Wow. Go watch it. Wow. You heard it here. Love when it. you get a TV show tattooed on your body, you really have to commit to yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. So, all right. What do you got for us, Eric? Um, I am going to recommend. So on the, on the Nintendo Switch, if you have the, um, the online like expansion pass, I think it's $50 a year, which I feel is very reasonable worth it yeah it it gives you all of these retro games you know for free you're paying for the subscription but uh the subscription includes uh nintendo games super nintendo games n64 games sega genesis games and they just recently added game boy and game boy advance games and there is a game boy advance game that i had never played called the legend of zelda minish cap speaking of main characters that get really tiny um, I love I love the Legend of Zelda. I just this one just passed me by. There's no reason I had never played it. I just have never played this one. This game is a six out of six. Uh, 
It is a masterpiece 2D Zelda. I'm I'm coming off of I just played Breath of the Wild as well, which is again, um, which is also a, a masterpiece of of a game. Um, one out of six for me. <laughs> I, I know he just yeah, kidding. That's a that's a lie. That's a lie. Um, but uh, holy shit, man! Like if you guys like if you guys have ever played a 2D Zelda like Link to the Past, um. Link's Awakening, the Oracles of Ages or Seasons, whatever, whatever. I've I've played all of those. They're all they're all really amazing. Minish Cap might be the best one that I've played. Um, I'm just I'm fucking blown away by how it looks, how it feels, the puzzle solving. Um, it has everything you want from from a Zelda game. The music is just incredible. The, the pacing is incredible. There's so much to do, like, in the overworld. So many secrets to discover. Um, if you, like me, are a fan of those kinds of games and you just have never played Minish Cap, get yourself that subscription. Play it on the Nintendo Switch. It, I would recommend go into the settings and play it with the Game Boy Advance filter so the screen looks like the old Game Boy Advance screen. Um, just incredible incredible video game definitely definitely i would consider that a uh, a 10 out of 10 6 out of 6 masterpiece of a game which i do not give lightly um damn i didn't know they even added all those gameplay games they did yeah they added so there's not a ton right now i think there's maybe there's super mario land they could yeah one? the the six stars or whatever yeah yeah, yeah they yep oh, they added that man. one uh I think it's like that was my shit. I think it's like ten Game Boy games and six Game Boy Advance games for now. But they announced the next couple that are coming as well, and they they continually add to these. And like, look, I don't want to be like this is great. Nintendo is too slow with this shit. It's crazy that it took them this long. It's crazy that there's yeah. only six. They do need to do better. But also, um, credit where credits due. Yeah, man. it is only fifty bucks a year. They are slowly doing what they should have been doing from day one. Um, They're such a conservative yeah, company. Yeah, they are. They are. It's like... And also, in that same vein, I also got the Metroid Prime remaster, which is also another incredible, incredible fucking game. And the remaster, they did an amazing job. It's not just a bullshit low effort like they did with the Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Um, this is a real remaster. They've nailed it. It looks and feels amazing. That game is also a classic. Um, so if you never played Metroid Prime and you've been curious, uh, pick that one up. That game's really good too. Yeah, I heard good things about that one. Yeah, but that's uh, that's uh, I got more, but I gotta I gotta I gotta save them. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Well, let us know what you think. About Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum. Yeah, who... Who you agree yeah. with, you know? Let us know. Where can they let us Clearly. know that? You can let us know on Twitter, at Infinity Rewatch. You can shoot us an email at theinfinitywatchpodcast at gmail.com. Just make sure to include our secret subject line. Eric, do you know the secret? Ooh, I'm pretty sure it is... <gasps> Fuck the billionaires! How many Fs are in that? Uh, as many as you deem appropriate. It's like at least eight. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs>